When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Hanging and Bagan podcast. My name is Ronald Nesty from the Arcata Theater in St. Charles, just outside of Chicago. And we are broadcasting live with two of the top drummers, legendary icons in the business. First, we'll bring their brothers. That's right. We're going to bring the little brother on first. Uh, love this guy from Dio, from Black Sabbath, from Last in Line, my buddy, Vinny Apice. Hey, Ron. What's Congratulations on the nice backdrop. That looks good. Well, you know, I got my That's earbuds. I got everything. You know, I got everything that we wanted uh, it done. But thanks very much. Uh, uh, yeah. It's so nice. You know, we, you guys must be really afraid of Bruce because both you and oh. Caroline were here five minutes early. Hey, Bruce is a tough one. You got I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. How you been? How was your week, man? What you been up to? I'm good. I'm good. I did a whole bunch of uh, videos for... Uh, uh, my drum company, go uh, Sawtooth Drums, and I just got back on Monday. When did I get back? On the weekend. So, yeah, everything's good. Keeping busy. Playing these drums, recording, doing all sorts of stuff. So, I, Have you been in, in touch with the Last in Line guys a lot? Yeah, actually, we did our first uh, show, one of these kind of things, yesterday at 4 p.m. And uh, it was really good. It was really funny. So we're going to do it. Next week again at 4 p.m. on uh, Wednesday, and uh, then we'll do it probably every couple of weeks. Yeah. Well, what you say like this? You mean it's like an interview show, or are you guys playing music? No, no, no. <clears throat> it's all just us four talking, and we got to take questions from the audience and stuff. And How cool is that? I'm definitely going <laughs> to tune into that. So that's Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Wednesday, 4 p.m. I don't know. The link will be on our sites and stuff, and. Uh, Hi, Betty Ann. <laughs> you know, you're saying hi to these people. Some of these people. Cheryl, hi, Paul. Paul Cimino. Paul was there. Paul Cimino was there. You know. And, uh, people, you know, Betty Ann is on every week. Hi, Betty. Betty. Being such a great, great uh, supporter of the show. Hey, Betty let's, Ann, yeah. Let's bring our big brother. No, no, no. We have to. He's an icon. Uh, that's what he keeps telling me. I know. What else did he tell me to say? Yeah, he's a legend. <laughs> he tells me that too. <laughs> but for years, right? And you would be nothing without this man. I know he says that every week, but from Vanilla Fudge, Rod Stewart, Jeff Beckett, so many other people's lives, he has touched careers. To the microphone, to the television camera. Come on. Come hey! On. Oh, yeah. Hey! Carmine says the name wrong. A piece. Right. I, I know he says it hey, wrong. I don't know. We got. You should right check now. out. Should check out my Facebook. There's a funny bit we did with the name. Some guy recorded it uh, years ago, but I, I can't give it away. But it's on my Facebook. And, so uh, why are you I so uh, why are you so blingy this week, Carmen? Well, I thought I'd wear my some of my old stage gear today, my retro <laughs> sp stage gear, because I got oh my, my God. I got my new lights, and I thought I'd be a little sparkling. I got drumsticks because I know Bruce is going to have a guitar. See, so I'm excited about this guy. Once again, every week we keep going, you know, just to the top level. 
this guy, a guitar player extraordinaire, he's been around for a while, obviously with a lot of projects, including he was in KISS. We're going to talk about that currently with Grand Funk Railroad. Let's bring him to the microphone, Mr. Bruce Kulik. How you doing, Bruce? Hey, guys. Hey, hey Bruce. Man, oh, man. I'm Welcome. In the same room with all this talent. It's killing me. I love the lights. I love the lights. Yeah, the lights are cool. Awesome. I know. A buddy of mine hooked me up. And Ron, big, big shout out to you with that T-shirt. Holy moly. I, I have to say, this is a double. This is a grand funk. I and know what it is. I think you got a copyright infringement from Gene and uh, Don Brewer would probably not be very happy either. Wait, did yeah, you make, did you make that up? Did you make that up? Yeah, man. Oh, of course you did. He's selling them. He's selling them. Yeah. I've sold 10,000 of them so far. So far. I think Gene, I have a problem with that. <laughs> you better call your lawyer. Yeah, I know. All right. Well. Um, no, I anyway. approve. I, I appreciate it. I do. Okay. Uh, I you do. know, thank yeah. you very much for being on the show. Yeah, Bruce. Yeah, Bruce he, he does that with all the acts. Everybody we we have on, he has their shirt on. Well, it's and, it's in your it's case. In your case, is, is, too. It's, it's a good thing shirt. I wasn't a guest. You wouldn't have enough room on the t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I mean, no, I think my, that's how lucky I am, though. I mean, I say this. It's getting cheesy, I know, but I feel. So honored to be a part of this whole thing with these two icon, these two icons and legends. But you know, Kiss, Grand Funk Railroad, two of my absolute favorites, and you being a part of Thank both, you. it's an honor to meet you, Bruce. Thank you. Well, you know, I I really do have a lot of history with both of these uh, yeah. Italian drummers. Yeah. I, I'll never say the name right because I'll piss off a one of you guys. You know? <laughs> yeah. But Carmen and I go way back, and uh, yeah. and Vinny and I, we I both. Have worked together, and if and if I could, actually, it's real ironic. I, I meant to tell you, Carmine, a few weeks back when we connected again, I found that tape of us. I recorded you and I and Tony Franklin jamming. You know, for ah, that yeah, 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 you know, yeah. Which, I, which, found, I found yeah. that tape too. Okay, and let me tell you, I was, was good. really impressed. Okay, and I loved it. And we were just winging it and just jamming ideas that I had and just improvising yeah. and some things that everybody came up with. And of course the material was totally wrong and not, not accepted. And then it went balls yeah. up anyway, at least on my end. But I really do want to tell you, I, I thought that was like really fun to listen to again after all these years. It was great. I listened to it recently as good. well. And good. I said, good. I'm glad you wow. have it. I said, this yeah. stuff is good. When was that? That, that, that was going to be the Rated X uh, band with uh, Joe right. Turner, me, uh, Bruce, and Tony. And then, what year? Uh, what year was that? 13. 13, 14, oh, yeah, okay. around there. Because and then Bruce, we wanted you know, a commitment so we could all tour. So Bruce couldn't do that with Grant's Funk. So it's kind of faded away. I was the only one honest, honest enough to say, I'm not leaving Grant Funk to go. Say I yeah. can't play for two months during the, the summer. No, you know right. what I mean. And, yeah, and, sure, and sure. I know Brewer appreciated that, Carmine, and yeah, and course. we know who didn't. Uh, you know, uh, Joel and Turner. Joel and Turner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. in the end, I don't think I think you guys did like uh, a video and no gig. No, because the uh, the guitar player we got uh, Cochran. Um, yeah, Carl had the stroke. Carl, yeah, Carl oh, had a stroke just as we were finishing the tracks. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, exactly. and that was the end of it. And then we were going to do tours, and then, you know, it just didn't work out. You know, hey, uh, didn't work out. But hey, I tell you I, what, it was a good record. No, no, I get what it. We, what we did was great, you know, sure. as well. I had a nickname for the band, the Fakakt. No, go ahead and Google that in the Yiddish dictionary, okay? <laughs> the I'll ask Leslie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There you go. And Vinny, <laughs> um, I miss you with the camps. I, mean, I know. Incredible. We've done super corporates together yeah right and yep. so many amazing fantasy camps that i i'll never forget uh i haven't been able to do many recently because of my schedule um but i yeah. have fond memories of all of them even when i would foolishly yell at you you know and you yell <laughs> back at me of course you know as, as italians and jews usually do okay hey, we, yeah we kicked up the pressure and made it exactly. all like exactly. that all that there we are there we are, there we are. working yep Fantasy. Working our ass off. Yep. <laughs> I know that one. Oh, that's a good shot. There you go. 
Where is superstition? Oh, uh, I better not say that. We'll get an infringement. Yes. Yeah, right, right. Well, you know, you guys talked about riff. you talked about that. I, I want to go back a little bit because you know we were part of that whole jam thing that that tape that you guys had found and you guys talked about. What was the highlight of that jam session? The memory that you guys take away from it because it sounds like something we would love to. Us, well, us me and Tony. I mean, the one with Tony and me and Bruce. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, was, I can tell you mine. I mean, for me. I know that I had some ideas. I remember a few of them. Some we just came up right there. We just started jamming. Yeah. But I'd have an idea. And I literally felt like Tony read my mind. You knew exactly where we were going. And then you would either take it to the next place. It was just crazy. Yeah, and then we good. suddenly just, uh, I swear, I know it. You have the same tape I do. You yeah. stop, Carmine. You go, no, pick it up right here. And we just fall right back in like we've been right. playing together That's for 30 right. years. It blew my mind. I'm telling yeah. you. It was so great. And, and I remember being so like, they don't like any of that. Oh, boy. You know what I mean? Because I thought we had this super group trio stuff going on. So, yeah, it was, anyway. Well, playing with Tony, Tony is like, I was oh, talking yeah. about Tony today. You know, Tony knows how to play where you it just saves a groove. And then he goes so far out when it comes back to the groove, the groove, you realize how far out he went. Absolutely. But he keeps it together. You know, I love playing with Tony. Yes. Yeah. When we get awesome. Fretless guys, guys sometimes scare me because, you know, they they also have like their own vibrato because the notes aren't precise. He's just, he's at the top of the heap. He just is. And what about you played on my Katasu sound with Tony? Oh, yeah. I had fun with that. Although, we that didn't, was great. It wasn't improvised as much. I just got it, came in and played. We weren't yeah, 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 but yeah. I but did it was try a, that. But it was a, uh, right, right behind the weasel. I like that. Ooh, yeah, and Ted Nugent. There you go. That's and Ted Nugent, yeah. <laughs> we're going to have Ted on this show uh, coming in the coming weeks. Yes, that'll be incredible. Yeah. Hey, um, you know, uh, obviously, you're with Grand Funk Railroad now uh, since, what was it, uh, uh, since 2000. So 20, 20, this is our 20th year. We just finished our 20th year, yeah. Yeah, but not only did you just finish your 20th year, it was also just recently Grand Funk Railroad's 50th anniversary. How cool was yes. that? And that's work. You know, I mean, look, for me, I wasn't there in the beginning, though I was right. aware of a lot of it. I was. Some, <laughs> years. Yeah, you were, yeah. Yeah, they opened oh, up for us in Fudge. <laughs> Your name comes up plenty, believe me. Yeah. Comes, you know, backstage banter, you know. But uh, honestly, uh, uh, you know, great musicians. I mean, all we really do is show up and 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 play that music and have a good time, and people really enjoy it. So it's really been one of those great gigs where I don't have to stress much, except about maybe oh, we have to drive an hour after the show, or we got it, you know. Uh, you know, where am I traveling to, huh? Yeah, right. You know I mean? So that part of it I never really liked. Who, who's but, singing? You know, who's singing? So Max Carl is the singer. Oh, Max. Max. Big, Ma Big Max. Yeah, yes. Yeah, you know, Max. Max. He was with uh, 38 Special for yeah, a while. Yeah, he's awesome. And, and then our keyboard player, Tim Cashin, is a great singer, too. And you know Brewer sings a few of the songs. Yeah, yeah. he does. Yeah. So it's a real powerhouse thing with the vocals. And then we're still in the original key, 440. Wow. And then um, we do most of the hits, not all of them, but we do a lot of the hits and then a couple other songs. And the show always goes over. You know, I'm not introduced as Bruce from Kiss. You know, I'm just Bruce Kulik, lead guitar, you know, and that's fine. But uh, any of the Kiss fans that have caught it really enjoyed it. And they didn't realize quite a few of those songs they were familiar with. You know, Yeah, I mean? right. Which Grand Funk did have a long period where they weren't active. So mm -hmm. unlike other bands that continue and continue, there was that stop there, you know. So I great, saw you great. guys in Delmar. There you go. Yeah. It was great. Fantastic. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. Love it. I, yeah, I love it when musicians show up because I don't know if they know what they're going to expect. And we do a lot of there are dates with Chicago and the Guess Who and uh, Blue Oyster Cult people. You all, you all, you know, all you yeah. guys know. But um, most of the time, it's just these crazy city festivals and casinos in the middle of nowhere. And sometimes a <laughs> major. It all depends, you know. So I miss the guys. We we haven't been together since uh, March seventh uh, or something. You know when we played the Tropicana in New Jersey casino. Wow. Yeah, our last gig, me and Vinny, was February 9th in New York. There you go. And we did a run of four shows. We didn't know that was going to be our last gig yep. for two twenty. You know, crazy. I remember I was in touch with you, Vinny. I was like, "What are you doing? What's going on?" Because I think you were going <laughs> to do other things. 
yeah. into March, and then that came to a screeching halt too, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Every, I, every I, I did one last gig in uh, in March. Oh March, yeah, right. Yeah. March fourteenth. It was a Sabbath thing. Oh, that was a borderline date there. You know? It was like the day of. Well, they might pull the gig. Uh, the yeah, exactly. sort, the cops that might come and us this. We might have to put half the people there. Have, so all that bullshit. But we went on. The place got packed, and that was the last show. Next day, it was shut down. Yep. So I might have been the last concert in Ohio. <laughs> or the last COVID spreader in Ohio in March. You know? Yeah, we, we, we were telling. That's what our family was telling. You're going, yeah, what are you, crazy? You I, I, sick? I even did a meet and greet. I did a meet oh. and greet. Yeah, but then when he came home, he stayed away from my older brother for two weeks. That's good. Yeah. So yeah, it was good. Then you talk about uh, you talk about your down shows. In my venues, I've had to move 163 shows so far. Oh, oh man. man. And still, still doing it. Still don't know when we're going to open up in our venues. So I don't think anyone does, Ron. You we know. got we got three what shows. Was the last one? Halloween. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. Yeah. Who, who's got three shows Halloween? <laughs> last in line. You mean three yeah. different gigs? Three different gigs on the toward the Pennsylvania and all that. So. Are you doing drive-in theaters? No. Well, then you're probably not going to happen. <laughs> probably not, man. It depends on a lot of things, you know, and these government guys are the ones pulling the strings. It's hard, but we're not going to go there. Where I do want to go, I do want to... Wait, wait, before you do, what was your last show? Uh, my last show was actually, let me think here. I think it was, I think it was Winger. I think it was Winger. Oh, it was either Winger, Warren, or Dockin. I got to look. But, you know, it's just it's just nuts, man. Just nuts. Because the, the, the tough thing is not only have we had to move them, we've moved the same show three times. Remember, it was March. So it went closed down. So, all right, well, let's move it to June. We'll definitely be open by June. Yeah, right. right. Now we're going to move to, to September. Well, yeah, now, now we've moved stuff to, to January, February. I don't know, man. I don't know. Well, so, so, well so, at, least you're, at least you're still open, and uh, a lot of venues can't afford to be closed. And they're, you know, like in New York, there's uh, like uh, a couple of venues that's closing down. They, they can't afford to stay open. There's a lot of them, man. A lot of them. You know, yeah. we, hotels, we, restaurants. It's it's a joke. Well, a lot of the clubs, like my my clubs, my smaller clubs, you know, that they won't let us open at all. Anything that's you know that fifty person thing that doesn't even uh, come into play. So. It's, yeah. it's really, really tough. But you know what? The thing is, we're staying relevant. We're doing things like this, like you guys are doing stre live streaming and interviewing yeah. and keeping the fans engaged, and they are appreciating it. And we told everybody that Bruce Gould is to be on our show. Oh, my goodness. The fans kept it's, – it's, uh, matter of fact, right now, this is one of our largest shows that people are watching, so it's great to have Bruce here. Nice. A, lot of, a lot of kids yeah. are, uh, yeah. are on show right now Bruce. you know we, cool. we also did eric we did eric singer oh you got yeah. eric all right yeah we did eric he's like on our second or third show yeah that's an accomplishment he's he's always shy with the social media but that's great uh -huh. yeah, yeah, we, we had a good time oh yeah we Eric's actually had great. a good time with everybody everybody yeah. that was we've been oh, on friends with you know Yep. So, so was that at 3 30 i saw you uh plucking over there what do you what do you got down there what oh, guitar this guitar here it's actually, uh, it is a 330. It's funny you oh, ask. Look at that. Oh, you wow. know, it's not a Kiss-related guitar. My, my fans know that every month I, you know, feature a, uh, hang on, it's hard to figure out which way it goes. There you go. But it's, <laughs> a, it's a 1960 330, um, you know, ES-330. So this is like, you know, most people could relate to these guitars, though not in Cherry, as a, um, like the, you know, the Beatles used a semi-hollow, a sunburst guitar with chrome pickups and that's the 330 so it's the same kind of model but that was made by epiphone this is what a, about did the monkeys use that Vinny, Vinny. Not really. but but you know who i think uh gary moore used to play not gary ah. moore i'm sorry the jazz uh the blues guy i'm sorry that uh i'm forgetting his name now it's been a while but there's guys who will show up with these kind of guitars they'll wow. feedback well and they they sound they just sound terrific you know Vinny Mar Vinny martel played uh 335 oh. In yep. 1967, on you keep me hanging on. Wow, I love that. That's with a great. Stand, oh, with a Standell, with a Standell amplifier. <laughs> Those are vintage. Yep. Right, right. These will feed back nicely. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Uh, and then I can go right into. Uh, nice. 
You know, I did. I I did it uh, one of these yesterday with Greg Bissonette and Billy Cobham and uh, a lot of great players. And and yep. Bissonette said about Ringo. He said Ringo never got on the drums by himself and practiced drums. Wow. He said he always would uh, play with a band. He would always right. play with a band, and that's when he would come up with his drum parts. You know, awesome. which is pretty wild when you think about it. Because you know, how many drummers sit there and play? By themselves all the time, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. You know going back, real quick, you're going back to the Kiss days. It's really interesting to me that not only, I mean, a little known fact, we're probably not the Kiss fans, but you're one of the longest members of uh, of Kiss. Um, I don't mean physically; I don't know that, but I'm just saying from. Uh, uh, I mean, even with the original guys, I mean, you're a long. No, I mean, I I have twelve years in a row at least, but. Um, you know, actually, Eric's really up there in the years because he had the five with me, and then he's gone on. I don't know. He's probably over twenty years already that he's been with wow. them. Tommy's coming up. They've, they've surpassed the original guys already. I think. Yeah. I mean, meaning uh, the you know it's Ace and Peter, not of course Paul and Gene who have been there all the time. So. Yeah, yeah. But it, you know, to me, it's never been about how many years. Look, twelve was a real blessing. I mean, within the third year, yeah. I thought. Uh, how long is this going to last? You, you know uh-huh. what I mean? Because music changes and I don't, you know, I knew that Gene was, he was getting into like movies and things and who knew what would be next. Right. But um, th- that body of work that I was able to accomplish with those guys and those tours and the videos, it just blows my mind how many people that it's still, it's relevant to, it's important to them. And I'm just digging deep and celebrating it all the time, especially now that I don't have travel gigs to go to. So I've been really engaging the fans. And, um, you know, if anyone's critical of that, I think that's foolish because I do enjoy it. And I do love what I did and accomplished and the fact that, that it means some, so much to so many people. I love it. I really do. You know what? It, it's yeah. such an interesting Great. time in the KISS history. Obviously, it was the unmasked time. I mean, right. you're, you're the guy that was unmasked almost the longest, it seems like. Yes, I, I definitely... My my comment for that, I waved the flag of the non-makeup era because I had the most consistent years. Now, a lot of people ask, why didn't they go back to me when Ace was not going to you know, stay in the band? And, you know, Tommy was like the understudy, excellent guitar player, knew all the parts. And uh, it made a lot of sense. Just insert Tommy, especially when Ace didn't show up like two or three times, you know. And that's how he became the guitarist. Because let's be honest. By the time they were doing the makeup again, everything was about that look, that playing, that style, those that era of music, you know. And that wasn't what Kiss was, you know, completely. We did supercharged versions of uh, vintage songs. Everybody knew that. Even if we went deep with like Watching You or even a Love Gun or who, I Was Made for Loving You, we did it differently with Eric Singer and myself especially. But, but certainly um, Tommy played, knew the Ace stuff and knew how to, be the spaceman, shall I say? Okay, so it made made sense for him to get the gig, and yeah, do I miss being in Kiss? Absolutely, but I certainly didn't want to um, just morph into something that wasn't my real connection with Kiss. You follow that? Absolutely. Yeah. Were, were those arena shows as big as they are? You know, they were subsequently during that era. Well, we did really big shows in my era for sure. From the uh, a lot of people have been sharing a lot of stuff over the summer. There was. In '88, all our uh, festivals, you know, Orange play with and, and other bands like that. Yeah. And the photos I see are just incredible. They, hmm. The people share the YouTubes, you know. But we did these really big dates. And uh, look, our production I thought was amazing back in that day. Carmine, you you opened with King Cobra. You remember? Yeah, I remember. We did a lot of gigs with you guys. Yeah. And you remember our motorhome that kept breaking down? Oh yeah, yeah. Is he gonna make it or not? Yeah. <laughs> Are they going to make it tonight? Yeah, it was no. great. I'm, I'm, was it uh, somebody's birthday? Was it Gene's birthday? We, we all went yeah, on stage. In August, if it was. Okay. Yeah, I think it was Gene's birthday. We went up okay. all on stage and, and created havoc with you guys. Oh, of course. Yeah, that's, that was good fun. And you know, it was great because Gene and Paul, uh, my manager Alan Miller, was was uh, involved with a coin management originally, right. who managed Kiss, and uh, he managed me with King Cobra. 
And uh, when we had the second album out, and it, you know, we had the Iron Eagle song in, and things were going good. Alan talked to, I believe it was uh, Gene and Paul, and and said, "Look, we really need to be on tour." And they did us a big favor. Right. And they took us on tour, and they actually paid us. Oh, normally, <laughs> back in the day, yeah, you know, they would have to yeah. people would have to pay them to be on the yep. tour. And they actually paid. It wasn't a lot of money, like a couple of grand a night or something. But right. but at least we didn't have to pay. And they were, they were good friends, good friends. And then yeah. and I had played on Paul's album, you know. Sure. We, we, I no, I know you, have a, a you have a good connection with Kiss. That's for yeah, sure. yeah, absolutely. And you know what? And I find that that your era, we'll call it your era, for the purpose of this discussion. Mm -hmm. sure. Um, the musicality um, of the band Kiss seemed a little bit more intense uh, as opposed to the theatrical elements that were added uh, pre and post your era. And uh, especially this, you know, I, I love I Walk Alone. And, you know, you actually sing the vocals. Yep. Uh, on a Kiss song. It's a great song. Yeah, that, I mean, that song was, uh, believe me, I experimented a lot and Gene and I just kept working on it and I got very very wild putting in backwards things and flipping tapes and trying. Uh -huh. So that's why that one's almost like, I mean, if I could mention bands that inspired what to do with it, it would be Queen and the Beatles and just get very, just, just think out of the box with it differently and flipping an entire bridge and the drums are backwards, you know, and I was able to fool around with pretty primitive uh, stuff at home to make it happen. Of course, when we went to the studio, we used the best stuff we could, but um, thank you for that. I look, Right before I got in the band, you got to th think about where the band was. Creatures of Night was a great album, okay? They, they, did, they did The Elder, and they stretched out a little bit, and that was a little weird for them, but still, it was a Bob Ezrin record. But the Creatures of Night had some great stuff. A new drummer, so they had a little more energy. Lick It Up then came, and that had some great stuff, even though it was mostly Vinny was in the band now, you know, Vinny Vincent. But um, what, what Animalize, and when Animalize happened, which was the tour I joined them with, that material was getting into this Zeppelin meets Kiss, very up-tempo, double bass drum, wild guitar rhythms. I mean, I was really impressed when I was asked, all right, here's the material. Are you going on tour with us? And I was like, whoa, Kiss wasn't just, I want to rock and roll all night and party every day or Strata. You know what I mean? It wasn't that. It was much more. And then the band just they always evolved. You know what I mean? I, I really think, and Vinny knows this from the camps, whenever it has been the Kiss camp. You know, yeah. meeting you know, Paul, someone was a special guest. That material is much more complex than some people give it credit for. Right. Yeah. You know that, Vinny, right? Oh, yeah. And the feel of it and everything. Yep. You know? yep. From the bass parts. I mean, again, because of the theatrics and the history of Kiss or the history of it and the makeup in the, <laughs> like, you know, 10 years almost. Uh, yeah, 10 years. Uh, you know, a lot of people didn't take them seriously musically. Right. And they didn't care about that. Gene always, like, he doesn't care. Carmine, you know Gene's a great bass player. Oh, right? yeah. yeah. Solid. He plays with that lead yep. McCartney, Jack Bruce uh, kind of vibe, you know? You know, yeah. I, had, I had a story one time. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry to cut you off. Uh, no, no, do it. But, but when, uh, when Kiss first did their very first big arena tour, I was playing with Leslie West Band, replacing Corky Lang. And that band was Kenny Aronson, who worked with Vinny and... and uh, uh -huh. Mick Jones from Foreigner was in that band. Sure. Wow. So, and we were opening for Kiss. I, I think I told the story when Eric was live. Uh, Eric was on the phone, on the show. Anyway, so it was like I got to know Paul and Gene really well. And this is when they just started becoming big. And, and uh, they said, you know, they were fans of like Vanilla Fudge and Cactus and BBA and all that. So we went. They, Paul told me this. And he said that they went to Comac Arena and they saw Cactus play with Alice Cooper. Wow. And Paul said, if we can get the rawness and rock and rollness of Cactus and mix it with Alice Cooper's, you know, theatrics, we'd really yeah. have something. Exactly. And, and that's out on Long Island. So he caught you he, guys there. Right? Yeah. And yeah. he told me he told me that when they were on the tour, headlining arenas, and I was playing with Leslie, and I said, Wow, how cool is that? You know, they, they were just the, the you know, a cool band, you know, makeup and theatrics coming up. They weren't really huge yet, you know? Well, but I don't know if we'd say that now. <laughs> they don't always talk about their influences, but it's very clear to, uh, especially us musicians, 
you know, who who they kind of idolized from from Led Zeppelin to bands like Cactus or even Vanilla Fudge. It's real obvious. Mountain, you know, all that stuff, Cream, and and then the Beatles. So all of a sudden yeah, there's four yeah, guys, yeah. very identifiable individuals, right? Yes, done with makeup. With the names. Right. With with and then, you know, Paul, uh, let's be honest, Paul Eyes, you know, Stanley Eisen knew he couldn't be Stanley Eisen and be a rock star. Right. But he could be Paul Stanley and be a rock star. There's no doubt. Gene yeah. was not going to be Gene Klein or Gene Chaim, you know, or whatever. <laughs> you, know, you know, and then even when, so Ace, you know, is Paul also, right? And he becomes Ace, right? So you get what I mean. I mean, this yeah. was obvious that they they knew um, how to do something really uh, powerful in rock and roll. And I got nothing but respect for them. And I don't, you know, the people that, don't get it or think it's, you know, just not their thing or they're cheesy or it's just whatever. I know, I know otherwise. And I am, and I consider myself, and Vinny will attest to a snobby musician. Okay. Yet I'm always yes, you are. Yes, I am. I know. He knows too. But I, I just always really impressed with the creativity from these guys. And then on top of it, I just think that the sometimes the show part of it and the entertainment part of it and the you know performance part of it overshadowed how how hard and, and interesting the music was you know what i mean hey guys we'll be right back after a few messages from our sponsors welcome back to our hanging and banging podcast i'm ron onesti here with Vinny apice and of course the legendary carmine apiece uh, i got one for you uh was it blackjack was that the name of it yeah the band with bolton yeah oh yeah blackjack it was jimmy Haslip, who i yeah. i i sort of got uh, into I think I brought him out to LA, but I think it, it was after that that he joined uh, Blackjack. Because you had, know, he, wasn't he Steve was Weiss your, was Steve Weiss your- Steven Weiss was the uh, yeah. attorney who got us the record. That was our attorney for ages, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah Sandy, no, Sandy, Sandy Gennaro. Sandy Gennaro. Sandy, uh, another drummer guy that I'm sure you guys are friends yeah. with. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sandy I'm, got the gig by sending press kits back in the- Early days, <laughs> that's like a little folder with a picture and a yeah, bio yeah. and everything. Not not an EPK or whatever they call it yeah, now, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, Sandy, Sandy's the one that turned me on to the gig with Rod Stewart. Wow, no, that's because I, I I saw him in the street. I said, "Hey, Sandy, how you doing? Good. What, what what you doing?" He goes, "I just auditioned for Rod Stewart." I go, "Wow, it's great. Did you get it?" He goes, "No." He said, "You I should." Oh my God! I said, "Wow, who, who is it?" So he gave me the phone number. It was a guy, Pete yep. Buckland, who I knew. Because we toured yep. with Cactus in the Faces for sixty shows, so I knew Pete. We used to wreck hotel rooms and uh, and cars and yep. everything together. So I called Pete and, hey Pete, what's going on? I hear Rod's looking for a drummer. You don't call me. He goes, ah, you're always busy. I said, <laughs> well, I'm not busy now. I'd love to come check it out. So he called Rod. Rod said, go to my That's house so and cool. check out the band. Yeah, there you go. And I got the gig, and I was there eight years. Yeah. That's crazy. You know, I got a funny Rod, just a quick Rod Stewart story. So, you know, I, I'm living in Las Vegas now. You guys know that. Yeah. And uh, I had, it, you know, making the move was not easy. I had a, you know, obviously you pack up your home and then you get, you have the movers come and the whole thing, right? But, you know, for, for a guitarist, the, the, the guitars and the gear and the amps and stuff, that doesn't go with allied movers, okay? You get what I yeah, mean, right? Yeah, yeah. They all went in storage at Third Encore, okay? That's a very oh. professional rehearsal place in North mm -hmm. Hollywood right near yep. ESP guitars. So my yeah. stuff sat there until I was settled here in Vegas, and then I could make arrangements to have that brought to my home, you know, and, de and deal with it. And even though I got rid of so much stuff during that whole process, because I, you realize how much shit you, you have when you, when you move. <laughs> okay, yeah. we all know that. Yeah, right? I, I just moved to Florida. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. So I was selling stuff from the uh, storage there, from my locker and everything, right? I'd be going in because I knew what I didn't want to bring and I didn't need any more. So like uh, more than a third of it, I just got rid of before I had to go to Vegas with it. And and <laughs> Rod was rehearsing there because Third Encore has the, right? So I'm walking in to get this Les Paul I'm selling somebody, right? I walk by with the Les Paul case, you know, I'm not, nobody's bothering me or nothing, you know. But I, I swear, Carmen, he gave me this like really weird double take. You know, and I have no, I've never met him. I, uh, I doubt if he knew me, but, I, you know, something connected to him, though, maybe. He maybe, might have saw you in the Kiss videos. He used to watch No, no, I know. Or, stuff, or you know. yeah. Did, did you owe him money? Right? Did you owe him money? Did you owe him money? No, I didn't owe him any money. <laughs> no. No. 
but it was funny. Uh, I I got a thrill out of it. I mean, I saw a lot of. There's always a lot of great people that rehearse up in North Hollywood yeah. in those places up there. We right. rehearsed that that Fakakta band thing there too. Remember? Right. That's right. Yeah. You know the other mates. You know. Yeah. So yeah. Um, anyway, what what a funny thing to run into him with with my guitar. But I I I just thought it was funny. But I can't I can't think of Rod without thinking of you. Or I'll run yeah. into Concha, the yeah. the, the sax yeah. player. Yeah. You know. Oh you yeah, run, the, chick, I, the girl. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah just, she just recut the thing. I'm sexy and I've got a hold of me. Oh, cool. Wanted my blessing. I said, Well, no problem. And she actually yeah. got Rod to sing it. She got Rod yeah, to sing it, cool. which is amazing. Oh, wow. Okay. You know? I want to do, a, cool. uh, I want to do like a, a reggae, jazz rock reggae version of it. And I'll see wow. if Rod will sing it. Rod lives down here in the uh, Christmas time in Florida. Okay. I'm in West Palm. He lives in Palm Beach. I right, talked right. to him last year. He said, Let's cool. go out for a drink. You're buying. Yeah, I, I said I'm go. not down there yet. And I said next year, yeah. so I'm gonna see if I get a hold of him. But Excellent. you know, I know what you mean about moving. You know, and oh. we had we had 168 boxes that we moved yep. from Connecticut, yep. and I had uh, a classic Slingland drum set, and I said there's no way I'm putting that in the moving van. I know. And so we we had I had this group that I'm co uh, co managing and producing, and I said, well, they have a van and a trailer. I said, why don't we just drive? to Florida from Connecticut. Sure. And we had a new puppy as well. Right. So we put the puppy, the drums yeah, in the trailer, go. all the other important stuff in the trailer. And we went down and then they, the moving van showed up two two days later. And cool. uh, the drums were there ahead of time. Now, hey, boys, is that why you got those curtains, Vegas curtains? Yeah, yeah, me, yeah, oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I'm wearing the Vegas shirt. Yeah, that's a uh, voice activated, right? The, uh, that's the setting. I can switch it for you, so it just does more interesting. That's cool. Things. It looks great. As yeah. you're talking, well, are they yeah. against the curtain or just hanging? Down yeah, they're just little uh, LEDs hanging down. Yeah, you know? well, my, my, my friend Mark will be so excited about this. It was a gift. It was like he knew that we were experimenting, Lisa and I, and videoing things in in the home. And he's like, "I know you're gonna have a place for this here." Check this out. All of a sudden, it comes in the mail, and I'm like, I don't even know what to do with it. And then That's we realize funny. I'm up in my in a room where we like to watch TV, and it's best to just use all these red curtains in the room and black them out. So this room's really nice and quiet for that. But yeah, it's on that 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 wall there. I mean, against that curtain, and, and it works it works pretty cool. How, how long you been living in Vegas? I didn't even know. So that. it was uh, summer of eighteen. You know, this is uh -huh. my second full year here. You like it? Yeah, no, we, we enjoy it here. I, I tell you, this has been a, I mean, not only this summer that we have, you know, to deal with a pandemic, okay, which is ridiculous yeah. already, but uh, the heat uh, on the whole West Coast, I think you probably have heard, or Vinny, you're still out on the West Coast, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's just been brutal. And oh, then yeah. we usually get these monsoon rains in Vegas in the summer. They, nothing. We're going to break a record this year. Then, of course, California gives us the gift of all the fire smoke. Okay. Well, I, I got that too. Yeah. Okay. There's no right. sun out. There's no yeah. sun. So I can handle the heat. It's really bad for a couple of months this summer. And I had to ask all my neighbors and my friends that I have here who've lived here a long time. And they're like, oh yeah, you don't want to talk about the summer. No, no. It's a bad one. Bad one. Yeah. That's you know? what they say. That's what they say about Florida. Cause it's been like 98 degrees every day. It rains most the of humidity. the time. Humidity is yep. high. My, yep. my, my girlfriend hates it. You know, yeah. she, she doesn't like the weather. She can't go out. She can't work. Walk. You know, she can't take the dog out. The dog don't want to go out. I hear you. you. Know? So we we just bought got in today, which is really funny. I didn't know they made these a pool chiller instead of okay. a cool pool heater. It's a combination heater and chiller. <laughs> oh wow! Okay. The pool is ninety three degrees. Whoa! Shit. With no heater on. That's from the right. sun. man. Right? Wow. So this thing is going to cool. The pool, so we can go in it. Wow, that's crazy! Because the warmest we've had weekends where it would be like 112, 114, and the highest my water's been in the pool is like 85, 86, which is actually quite comfortable. Okay? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, that's what we're gonna knock it down to like 80, 85. Yeah. That's crazy. Vinny, that's like Vinny showed me. Vinny showed me his car um, temperature yeah, the bad. other day. It's 121. Oh my God! In Temecula, one twenty-one. Yeah, and now and F, the next day it was like eighty degrees. 
Yeah, and it's been nice and cool now. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. cooled off here too. Finally, it's, but, yeah, it's but, starting but, to cool yeah. off here too. Actually. Yep. Speaking of hot. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I, I got to ask you this because I, you know what? It's it's not it's it's twenty years that you're with Grand Park, but ten years since you uh, a book came out, <laughs> and I got to oh. ask you about. Sex tips from rock stars. Yep. You are one of only 23 rock stars featured in this book. What was your tip? I think we all I, I mean, I was foolish enough to agree to it. <laughs> I, I just happened to know the guy putting the book together. I think it was this really cool uh, guy from down in Australia, I think, that did it. Do you remember the name on the book? Because it's Sex been a while. From rock stars. Yeah, no, no, I meant the name of the author. Oh, no, no, I don't. I don't. Okay, that, no problem. Um, I remember I, 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 I know I told the story and it was really the most embarrassing part was there was nothing really. I, I really, as rock stars go, I'm, I'm, I'm quite mellow. I am not the, the Motley crew member. Okay. You know, with stories, <laughs> you, you know, you, you guys saw the dirt movie, you know, it starts off pretty interesting. Okay. And read uh, the book is even worse. Yeah, exactly. And I knew enough about it working with John Karabi and union. We talked plenty. Okay. About yeah. 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 But but honestly, uh, the most the, the funniest part, the only takeaway I have from it is the fact that my 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 beautiful wife's mother had to buy the book and read it. And, and I was like a little nervous. What did I say in this book? I wonder, you know, and fortunately, Kay, who's wonderful, uh, she enjoyed it. Actually, I didn't say anything too, too ridiculous, you know. So uh, but, you know, I, I can't even remember if there was anything valuable except. I was, you know, the years that I could have been like really insane, I, I really was very nervous about either getting a girl that I don't even know pregnant, not a good idea, right? Or getting, uh, that was when AIDS was, you guys know, right? Yeah. yeah. I didn't need AIDS and I didn't want a, a kid unless it was someone that I really loved. And how do you fall in love uh, uh, in two days on the road? You know what I mean? So I was always pretty shy. Or very cautious about the, uh, the I don't know, Bruce. I did that about four times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I also did right all the hotel wrecking that you're talking about. And yeah, exactly. I, I did I did my book uh, presentation over at the Akata when it came out. And uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of things in there that's pretty out there. But, uh, you know, and when we, you know, came up with Vanilla Fudge and all that stuff, and that was it. Because, you know, like when we were done yeah. – with the show, we're all fired up. We go back to the hotel, even whether if you didn't have a chick with you or something, you know, there was no TV, there was nothing to do, right. and you're all like buzzing. So mm -hmm. you, you, you know, you wreck a room and you know, drive drive the truck into the car and the car yep. into the truck, and and then we thought we were getting away with it, and then un, unlike uh, uh, you know, Steve Weiss was our accountant and attorney. Yeah, yes, that's and, not a bad thing. On your side, and he never told us that he How was paying it for it all. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, he was paying for it. Yeah. yeah, he was paying for it all. And then when when Vanilla Fudge broke up, we said, "Where'd all the money go?" Yeah, he yep. said, "You want a list of all the hotels you wrecked?" That you that, wrecked. That oh my god, that's so it funny. Was unbelievable. You guys out there probably don't know. Let me tell you quickly about Steve Weiss. Okay, yeah. very powerful man. He he managed lawyer lawyer. A lawyer who was dealing with the administration of the publishing for two small bands called Led Zeppelin and Bad Company. Okay. And you know? how about Jimi Hendrix? Yeah, and Hendrix. And so Jeff Peck. Top top of the uh Time Warner building in, in yeah. Manhattan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 444, 444 Madison Avenue. Yes, there oh. you go. So let me tell you, that's intimidating when you're a young, you know, guitar player and you meet that guy. He wanted to work with Bolton. He was instrumental in putting Blackjack together. Without him, it never would have happened. I found some of the contracts recently with moving and having wow. to go through stuff. And when it came time for me to sign the contract, I'm living in a very you know lower middle class neighborhood, Jackson Heights in Queens. Yeah. And then there was a Rolls Royce with a limo driver. With a black you know, driver. The black guy. I forgot his name. Charles, I think maybe. The gray outfit with the hat. Yep. yep. <laughs> and he drives me out to Westbury, the estate of Mr. Steve, White. Right? Yep. So I could go into first time in my life I ever saw a bathroom with like gold. Okay. You know what I mean? That looked yeah, like yeah, yeah. It was a multi million dollar property. And I'm signing the contract. Of course, he's got the Maalox on the 
you know, office desk. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he's in the music business. I mean, can you imagine the things he's dealt with? Carmine's band. Come on. Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin. So anyway, well, what, uh, Jeff Beck. He had everybody. Yes. He had everyone. Everybody. So it was the an amazing. Rascals. The Rascals. Yes. Yes. So this guy, I think his son maybe took over or something like that. I'm not sure. I'm but, not sure either. But he, but yeah, but, he, but that was really, that was 70s rock and roll. That that guy makes a phone call. You're going to have a record deal. Yeah, the 60s, 70s. Like, sure. Yeah, 60s, no. 70s. He was, he was yep. huge. Even, know, in we'll the 80s, even in the 80s, he got another yeah. deal with uh, Atlantic Records for um, Vanilla Fudge in the, like okay. 82. You know, just right. a phone call. Absolutely. So I knew him in the late 70s, and uh, yeah. it was yeah. really interesting. I know Bolton, you know, it, it meant a lot for us in, in the formative years. And, and you know, getting back to the sex book question of, you know, when I by the time I got into Kiss, I already saw a lot. OK, because I was already in my 30s, you know, and it's not exactly the same as, you know, maybe in your 20s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, was, I was settling down and and I was happy to do it. And, and it was all there if you wanted it, as many girls as you wanted. You know, and Kiss, my, my version of Kiss was never into the drugs and drinking, as you know. But uh, it was always there if you wanted it. So, but I had a very balanced approach to it, and I was very careful. So, you're going to have to go to someone else for that. Sorry. Getting back to the music because there's a lot, you know, Johnny Karabi is a good friend. And what's the chances that you guys getting together doing anything with some union stuff? Yeah, we spoke about about a month ago about. Really you know, goes on. Maybe there'd be an opportunity that we could do something again. And I never ruled it out. I really have a lot of respect for uh, for John. John stayed current and, and continues to go out there and play and perform. And he could be his own, you know, a solo artist. You know, he goes out there with acoustic guitar and does gigs. I think yep. he's actually done a few where he yep. could drive to from Nashville, you know. Yeah. Um, and I remember when he was telling me about it. Yeah, I'm not taking my own microphone, not stopping. I'm walking in, getting on stage with my mic, do my performance, taking my mic, get the back into my RV and I'm leaving. You know what I mean? I mean, and that's actually probably the most socially responsible thing he can do with the, with, with the virus, you know, if he's going to go do a gig, you know, and if they're out there all on top of each other, that's them, you know, but that's the way he described it to me. I don't know if it happened, but anyway, but he's a sweetheart and we get along and we'll see what happens. You know, I'm still very close with Brent Fitz too, the drummer, yep. you know, that in union and Brent and I did the kiss cruises together. And we're planning uh, the other guy, Todd and Zach. They're really terrific players. Yeah. Uh, we're working on a song right now that we'll probably just do it piecemeal, everyone's studio, and then film and, you know, do like what a lot of people have been doing. That's what I'm looking you know, forward to. Year, um, and I'm, we're all happy to hear it because I'm a huge junior fan as well. Um, and, you know, just, just a, a quick second here. You know, this year in May, we lost a very, very special guy. And um, I know it's it's tough. And um, you know, your brother Bob, you guys mm -hmm. played together on Meatloaf's "Bed Out of Hell," you know, side yeah. by side. I mean, how did that all happen? And before we do that, I want to toast to Bob real quick. Everybody, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Amen. amen, bro. It's to him, yeah. you man. You know, absolutely. But Bob was especially connected with Carmine. If if we're yeah. looking at the room right now, and I know that Carmine knows that because of the Paul Stanley. No, was. I played on yeah. two Christmas albums. Oh, there you go. You, you I'm already... on. I'm on the new one. I got the tracks okay. in the computer. Okay. And it was sounding great. I played yeah. on two yeah. or three songs, and I I still haven't kind of figured out the last stuff that he's done. To be quite I got honest. I got. All right, we, last we, we should, we'll have a conversation, but off the air. Yeah, yeah. Right, I need to catch up about that. Yeah. yeah, but Carmine, that that Paul Stanley record, which and I'm not saying yeah. this because it's nice to be nice to Paul, you know, but that was my favorite of the solo records. It just was, yeah. and I loved your involvement, and I was very aware of of all of that. You know, my brother just never really, um, and this is maybe like the first time publicly I'm talking about it. Mm -hmm. He just never really uh, felt you know, what admiration he truly had from the fans, you know, yeah. and, and, and yeah. I don't think, you know, lots of times you could tell somebody, you know, it's not that different from that gorgeous girl who's like, Oh, you know, my lips aren't right. And they're just fussing with their hair and no dress looks right on them. And they're like drop dead. Amazing. Okay. Yeah. And my right. brother had that kind of talent. Okay. And he just didn't really always believe that anyone saw it, appreciated it and admired him. You know and, why? And now it's, Right. What? A reason why could be he didn't know. 
Yeah. In the uh, later years, he didn't mm -hmm. do a lot of gigs. Well, he's producing, but very he well. A lot of, I know, but but you yeah. don't get the you don't get that admiration. The admiration. Yeah, from I, the I get what you're saying. Yeah. You know. Because yeah, you're well, always so in the studio. You're in the studio. You're yeah. in the studio. You know? Well, that's why the gig on the cruise, that Kiss Cruise 7, when we got to play and we did, you know, a, a split set of his contributions to Kiss. And then, of course, some of the choice songs from my era, that went over like legendary. And it belongs in, in that kind of status because it was just really magic. We didn't have any history of gigging together like that. It was with Brent Fitz and uh, Todd Kern. Uh, it was quite amazing. So, and then moving forward with the with the, with the loss for you know of my brother, uh, I'm trying to celebrate in every way all the music, all the unusual things that he did that many Kiss fans were not aware of, or those fans that knew him from Meat Love weren't aware of, yeah. or, or the recording studio artists like you guys that he would hire and work on these projects. Mm -hmm. You know, the body of work he left behind, and I know I spoke recently with Vintage Guitar ma Magazine about it. It's so varied, and his resume is much bigger than mine, you know. Maybe not as big as Carmine's. I know yours is a <laughs> okay? But it's it's big, okay? Yeah, and, yeah it's big. And it was it's all big. quality he, he was work. A, and he was a great player, man. He really yes. was a great, yeah. great player. Because really? he, he was older than you, right? Yes, four years yeah. older. Yeah. It's funny, one of the uh, press, I mean, it was so hard for me to deal with any of it. But yeah. when I would read something and go like, you know, they, they would repeat my statement from social media, says yeah. the older brother, Bruce Kulik. You know, I was like, yeah, oh, boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, thanks a lot, People Magazine or wherever. <laughs> but, but either way, uh, you know, he left his mark. I'm so happy that he saved everything so that I was able to really see all these photos. You know, the people like uh, Tim... Tim Curry, that a lot of people probably didn't know that he toured with, you know, uh, yeah. stuff from the Diana Ross years when he was doing that. And, and of oh, course, I didn't we know, know, I didn't know he did that. Yeah, yeah. He played on Johnny Carson, you know, on a song called Mirror, Mirror. Gene introduced him to, you know, Diana from their relationship, you know what ah. I mean? And, and Alice Cooper, he was friends with Dick Wagner and one tour Steve Hunter couldn't play. So the next thing I know, they're going to Australia and he's doing. You remember the Alice Cooper show back in the late 70s? Yeah, it was yeah. amazing. There was a guitar duel on stage, and they're doing all these things. But, Ron, you mentioned Meatloaf. That year was a really huge thing in my life. It really opened my eyes to so much. The band went – Meatloaf did the record. That was a miracle. What a record, of course, you know. Yep, and yep. if you ever get Max on, on your show, ask him about Bad Out of Hell, you know. I think he's he's on that record. I think he's playing the drums. And also, one, one time uh, – um, we were rehearsing with Dio. It was Ronnie and I. I forgot it was playing bass. Maybe Pilsen, Jeff Pilsen. Okay. And I don't know. We didn't have a guitar player, so we asked Bob I to come that. down. He was he so. He had awesome. a smile from yes. here to here. He, he was yep. playing. Yeah. He learned yeah. all the shit. Oh, yeah. I remember he that. He loved too. it. He loved yeah. being yeah. playing in the well with Ronnie right yeah. next to oh, him singing loved that Dio. shit. You know, and I know they had that relationship and he did some things with Wendy. Yeah. I mean, he, he touched so many different artists and not only Lemmy, of course, you all know, he knew Motorhead very well. That yeah. was instrumental with that the SpongeBob thing he got involved with. That was so popular, you know, a song for, for uh, triple H and things like that. Just, just really varied with the stuff, but getting back to Meatloaf for a second, that tour, I mean, I, I, I mean, I have to thank my brother that, they, they, he, he was in New York already working and knowing people and doing sessions and everything. And I was the younger brother. He knew I was talented, Bob, but, but they needed two guitar players. So we, we went and audition. They love Bob. And I'm telling you is because he, he was very confident and very cocky in the sense. And I was just like, you know, like that practically with my guitar and they weren't so sure about me. And Bob was very, very adamant that if you're going to have me, my brother's playing the other guitar. Now, there was two parts of that. Yeah, he loved me. I was his brother. But he also knew I would learn the Todd Rundgren guitar parts that were very important in certain songs, okay? Because <laughs> that's the one thing about my brother. He wasn't the guy that was going to study every riff note for note. And I, Vinny, you know I'll get into that and yeah, take yeah. it apart and try Sounds to learn. Like us. Yeah, maybe like you guys. There you go. So anyway, uh, we, we, we go off on tour, boot off the stage, first gig opening for Cheap Trick. You know, meatloaf's like a lot of people didn't get it. You know, three hundred pound guy, also <laughs> in a tuxedo. Yeah, right. 
with Jim Steinman, who's like this eccentric piano player with crazy hair, nine people on stage. And, and within, uh, you know, we do the CBS convention, they pump in more money, there's a radio hit, and then we're headlining arenas, you know what I mean? Playing everywhere, going on Saturday Night Live, and I mean the Belushi days, you know, Gilda Radner, the whole thing. You know, uh, it, it was unbelievable. And that year, I, I can't tell you how hard it was for me because the the emotions and meatloaf was out of control most of the time, and I didn't get it. But it really was something that was very formidable for me. Bob continued to play with Meatloaf, actually, shortly after that. Meatloaf fell apart after that tour. Had mm -hmm. He couldn't sing. It took years for him to do another record. But then my brother was involved with him. And then we would actually meet sometimes in Europe. With, I'm in Kiss now. It's, it's 84, and my brother's there with Meatloaf. So what an incredible, uh, interesting kind of connections with everybody. His, yeah. his career really did touch so many people. It, and it I sounds... Yeah, you know, it, it just sounds so similar to me and Vinny, you know, at times yes, we were, yes. I was playing with Ozzy, he was playing with Dio and, and Europe. Uh, in Europe, and we were playing the same arenas, we were leaving notes for each other on the wall, yep. you know, yeah. and uh, uh -huh. just funny stuff, you know, and when we yeah, play yep. together, like you guys did on the boat, we play a little bit of each other's hits, plus sure. new stuff, it's no, a lot of fun, ways, I mean, it's a lot of fun. Both yeah. of you guys being brothers and a little yeah. age difference and different resumes, slightly, yeah. you know, great players. And that that was Bob and I, you know, as well. It's an interesting parallel. So, yeah, he's he's really missed by the fans. And I know that uh, I, I I always feel like he's he's more aware in heaven looking at this adoration, adulation from the, the, the fans. And I don't I, I mean, not only Kiss fans from everybody. It's just unbelievable. We could have uh, started a band together, the brothers. Yeah, the brothers. There you go. Yeah, yeah that would have been. And Tony Franklin on the bass. Yeah, and right. they'd be a therapist on the road with us, of yeah. course. You know. Too bad we don't have a bass player and a singer that are brothers. The Okai sisters. No, right. Vinny <laughs> knows somebody. I knew the he brothers would. and sisters. There yeah, we okay. go. There I, you go. I would book that. There you go. Yeah, you yeah. would book that. I would totally book that. This uh, gig one. Do you have a favorite Kiss song that either you like you like to play live more than others, or that you just enjoy, or is it the same song? No, I mean it, there were certain key tracks that I love playing. I mean, I, there were certain ones I didn't always. You get tired of playing the same ones. I know the the, the tours. If we did Tears of Falling, I love that because we didn't always play that one. But it's a great song that's connected to my era. Unholy later on, Forever was beautiful to play. We only did that a couple of tours, you know. Sometimes I think of the live songs like, what did we do production wise? Because that kind of made it feel, and that's why Forever had these green lasers that would be moving with, with, with it. And, you know, that was really special. But, and, and I'd start out playing electric, then I'd walk up to a, a Chet Atkins acoustic on a stand and then play the solo, and, you know, so things like that. But, I, I, you know, look, there's a wealth of material that I'm just really fond of from all those years. Fortunately, I had enough studio albums under my belt that I got plenty to to talk about. This tomorrow, I'm probably filming something to to put on social media for Sunday, where I'm going to experiment with something from from Eric Carr from one of the records, which is going to be a lot of fun. So I'm always there's always stuff that I want to share and and delve into and, and into details. And one last thing about Kiss: big anniversary coming up next week. Asylum record, 35 years. Can you believe that? Uh, 35 years, the release. I have a question. keep coming up, you know. When Eric wow. was in the band, mm -hmm. I don't remember if was, Eric was in the band when I we toured with uh, King Cobra. But So which uh, tour did you do? 85. 85. Yeah, that would have been 86, Eric Carr. 86. 86. Yes, Eric Carr. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, when Eric Singer was in the band, yeah. now, let, well, let me go back. When Eric Carr was in the band, did they? Did you guys do Beth? Uh, no, we weren't allowed to. Even though he recorded it or sang it for uh, Smashes, Thrashes, and Hits. If Ron's a, a big Kiss, you know, uh, nut, you know, you'd know that. Right. But but uh, I think they worked that out with Peter. I think it had something to do with something. But I know Eric does it now. You know what I mean? Yeah, Eric's I know because I and he does it great. He's great. Yeah, he voice. does a great job. But no, Eric had Eric, a great voice. He never wow. did that live in my era. Never. Yeah, because I don't remember him doing it until I saw it lately, and I said, "Wow, I didn't know Eric could sing yeah. like that." And I, I, it might have had something to do with when Peter came back in the band for a few years, and maybe they worked out. I don't know. 
it's yeah. kind of there's, there's so much of that stuff behind the scenes. Who, who, uh, I want, did Peter write that song? No. Yeah, Peter did. Yeah, we probably, 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 probably didn't give him uh, a license yeah. to do it. Right, right, right. Hey, hey let's mention it. our our good buddy Frankie Benelli, who just recently passed. Yeah. Through, right? Oh my God. We all know him like, so yes. well, and uh, he was well. loved. He was loved by everybody. Yes. Yeah. The nicest guy. I mean, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Every time I would see him, he'd come up and give me a kiss on the cheek and me, a hug. Me too. Me too. Just like an Italian, you know. And, yeah. and, and when, when we did a lot of these things, uh, I, I think it was like the Bonzo Bash rehearsals at, at Bates. He would always come in and he'd bring spaghetti and meatballs, just like you, Ron. Yeah. You know? Well, he was awesome. He was such well, a nice guy. Yeah. Um, I hear that they're going to continue Quiet Riot without him. Yeah, we've actually got him booked, um, you know, and it's actually going to be. Originally, I tried really, really hard because I knew Frankie was under the weather at the time. And so I booked him. I said, I got to get, you know, Frankie, Quiet Riot was the first heavy metal band I ever booked. So I booked him maybe 25, 30 times over the years, maybe more. And, uh, and I tried to have this show with them. And I was calling, you know, Mark Hyman, you know, Mark made the eye. Yeah, we got to make this happen. So we, we had it and we, he was supposed to do it April and he was coming and then didn't, didn't happen. And then I tried to get him even on this show and he got yeah. to the week. And I said, Mark, can I just fly him in just to do anything? Just a Q and a, I want to do something with Frankie. And it never happened. It was just so sad. Yeah. Oh, terrible. And, but you know yeah, what? I mean, I think they should get like uh Cavazzo, call us Cavazzo back. He's causing too many anything. Yeah. You know, at least yeah, be one, one, one original member, at least, you know? Yeah. Otherwise, what you're going out is, is just, a, you know, like a, it's almost like a tribute band. There, there's, there's Rudy, Rudy too. Rudy. Yeah, there's Rudy. Yeah, Rudy, too. Rudy is going to go out. But Rudy's playing with, um, guess who? Yeah. yeah. I don't know who. Who's Rudy, who's Rudy playing with? Guess who? I don't know who. Oh, there you go. Uh, <laughs> Abbott and Costello right there. There you go. I hey, we gotta we gotta go now, but listen, yeah. we wanna thank you so much. You've you've yeah. been a tremendous guest. That yeah, was great. Great. I'm glad um, we got you. Well thanks great. for the invite, guys. And uh we're we'll all do connected. It, we'll do it again. Yeah. And, and uh Ron said the check uh, Ron said the check's in the mail. Oh the check's in the mail. You know what's going on with the mail these days, so who no, knows? <laughs> but but if, I'd go. like to just mention that uh, for sure, this has not been a normal year for anybody. No, I, mean, no, no. I mean, the pandemic was enough to turn my head inside out, uh, you know, and then I had to lose my brother, which was yeah. uh, uh, awful. My I, I felt like hell. It, it, it really destroyed me emotionally and physically. I was a wreck for a month. Yeah. Before. Yes, crazy. But but the silver lining of the pandemic and 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 what I've had to deal with is the outreach of all of the fans and yeah. us musicians all binding together and coming together at things like this. Yeah, you know because we're all in it together. So I I, I, right. I thank you all. Yeah. I love the fans. Thank you for tuning in yeah. and all that you do, Ron. I hadn't met you before, but thanks for hanging in there for the music community and and you you Apice Apici guys. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least you guys. You guys pronounced your last name the same. Yes, we did. Yeah. Right? Yeah, we did. Right. I was just glad they knew anything. Like Kulik, Kulik. I didn't care really. You know, you guys get into it. This is totally two different things. Yeah. Yes, yes. Well, let me tell you something, Bruce. As a, as a rock and roll fan that I think I halfway know what I'm talking about, the Apice, uh, Apice, Apice thing is the hardest <laughs> thing in rock and roll bar none. Yeah, it is. It's the thing, I'm telling Absolutely. you. Even I get confused. Yep. We wish us, hey, everybody out there, make sure you share this, you like it, you do everything, get all your friends on this. Absolutely. Lockdown. Yes, we're doing Ron, this. who's next week? Next week, Mr. Kip Winger from Winger. All right. Woo! All right. There you go. All right. Hey, hey, shout, out, shout out to Mark Weber. Yeah, Mark Weber. He was just on, Mark Weber. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in, Bruce. All the best of luck to your Thank brother. You. You're one of the good ones in out there, man. So all the best to you. Can I mention my website, BruceKulik.com? Oh okay, BruceKulik.com, and my YouTube channel, Bruce Kulik. Go there, subscribe, <laughs> click well, the bell. You'll be happy. 
What was it again? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was Carmine. Is it a piece? A piece. Or a, a piece. A I'm a piece. Oh, yeah. okay. it's a meatball, meatball on her ring. That's what it's called. Okay, that's there, the same. There you go. One more meatball. connection. I see you guys. Bye, guys. Bye, bye. Hey, guys. Rock and roll. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.